morning, people. People of God. How many excited about just life today? Anybody excited now? Should be. Today we celebrate Palm Sunday, which was the entrance of our Lord into what he was going to do at the cross for us that would alter our lives forever. So we're running on our second week of Expired, the series Expirare, which how many here have exes? And we know X is someone in the past. Hello. Hello. Pirare means last breath. And this is what happened at the cross. He expired his last breath to give us life. And uh, last week we was talking about Easter. And we celebrate Easter. And we call it Easter. Uh, it's not about the bunny. It's not about the eggs. It's not about going to Macy's and getting a certain tie that matches the flowers. <laughs> oh, sucks. But it's something greater than that. And, and I want to unveil um, these mysteries to the, to the day of what is Passover. Passover is about freedom, choice, and new beginnings. I want everybody to follow me and say freedom, freedom. Choice, choice, and new beginnings. So this is what Passover, Easter actually changed in A.D. 335. 335 back in the day and uh, Constantine changed it from Passover to Easter and they celebrated a God that was a bunny for fertility and he was this before he knew God and he was just taking church and just making a monopoly out of it so he wanted to just change everything up but really that's not the essence of what Easter is Easter is very symbolic a matter of fact for many of you that don't know uh, Easter celebrates a new year for the Jewish culture for the Jewish calendar this is the beginning of a new year. In other words, next week is the beginning of a new year. And Christianity stems out of the Jews. So that, in a sense, goes for us because we celebrate Passover every day. But symbolically, is about new beginnings. And I didn't know this, so I started studying because I'm doing a three-part series on this. And it, we spoke about freedom, freedom to dominate. If you was here last week, we spoke about that. And this week, we're going to be talking about choices. Because freedom... Passover was about the blood and the doorpost. If you wasn't here, I'm going to just give a quick story of what Passover, where it originated from. And it originated that the people were enslaved and, and they were crying out to God. And, and then he picks a man called Moses and Moses comes and does the great things to liberate them. And we all know the story of Moses that after the 10th plague and after the blood on the doorpost, they were set free. And the door and the blood post was represented by a lamb. In other words, someone had to die for freedom. And last week I was talking about how many, many men grew in the past. Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King, all these men grew, grew up and stood up for a cause and they paid with their life. And usually someone has to lay down their life so that the injustice of one generation is not passed over to another. Choices. And so today I want to talk about choices because the freedom was done by the blood and the doorpost. Understand that. That is God's part. The second part, which is choice, is our part. And when we take the choice and make the right choices, what is birthed out of that is new beginnings. So God did this, freedom, on the doorpost with the lamb. He set them free. But when they were in the wilderness, everybody say wilderness, they had to make the right choices. And because they didn't make the right choices, we're going to go in history, they didn't make the right choices. They never entered into new beginnings. They only stood and died in the same place of desert for 40 years. 
So for, for many of us, we, we understand Jesus set us free, but sometimes the choices we make keep us in the same situation. Because he did his part. We're like, God, why is this? Why is that? Now your part is, are you making the right choices? Your choices today dictate where you're going tomorrow. And many times we do our choices based on our way of thinking, not the higher way of thinking of God. So though we are free, we're still in bondage in our mind to the past because of the choices we don't take. Look, I, I looked up the word choice, and it's very interesting because choice um, means this. It means the power, right, or liberty to choose. So in other words, when he, when he set them free into, into the desert, they had the ability to choose. And it was five characteristics of choosing that they didn't do. And I'm going to go over those five things, those choices, those five choices in serving God. Five years if you've been serving God for a while, and but nothing has changed. But you've been freed. But are you making the right choices based on what God thinks or based on what you think? Because your mindsets are created by people speaking into your life. And many times we get these ways of looking at things and perception from our parents, which a lot of times didn't work out for them. It's not going to work out for you. So I'm going to show the five characteristics. Of, because when we come to church and we come on a Sunday, it's not so much because I want to, uh, uh, the, the, the teacher to go, hey, attendance. It's not about that. I want you to, I'm going to just ruin your way of looking at church forever. When you come to church, it's about finding out his ways. Because if we continue with our ways, we're going to continue what? In the same situation. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting new results. That's insanity. And God pulled us out of freedom so that we could be free to what? To dominate what is ours. We have to go from glory to glory. And so and I'm going to challenge your mindsets about when you come here, you need to leave with something that's going to change the way you think so your direction changes somewhere else. Even growing up and going to school, many times we make our choices based on ignorance. And basically, basically our parents tell us, don't do this. I don't know about you. I used to call my mom witch because she'd be like, don't do this because it's going to happen. And it used to happen. I'd be like, what? But it's because they knew based on experience. And sometimes we were hard-headed because we don't want to change the way we look at things. That's pride. Like, no, this is it. And then later on, you'll be like, oh, now I know why mommy said don't do that. I remember she used to tell me it was a friend of mine that used to live next to me. And she, she was like, in Spanish, she was like, oh, ese muchacho. Mm. You know, that mom, that rough Spanish, she was saying, that kid, I don't know about that kid. And I believe God gives women discernment. Even if they don't know God, they just know better for their kids. And she was like, that kid's going to get you in trouble. Stop hanging out with him. Like, I'm not hanging out with him. I kept hanging out with him. Until I got locked up and I had to call my mom. And she was like, I told you so. I told you so. Right? Because they know better. They know the characteristics. They know the habits. Right? So choices we make could give us in, in trouble. You know, chooses, cho uh, choosing to make the right choices in our life could give us the ability to do better for our life and for the, and for, and for the generation to come. I'm going to get into that. But I want to go into my opening verse of Joshua 24. And this is Joshua, and I'm going to tell you the story of Joshua. He, they was in, uh, in the desert for a long time. And Joshua and Caleb believed God, that God was going to bring them into a new place, a new beginning. And in one, play, one moment in Joshua's life, he says this, and I was just reading this morning, how sometimes we just got to be so bold when we make a choice to serve God. 
Because we don't understand that what you're doing today could impact a generation to come. And, and if you look at the genealogy of the Hebrews, they can find and trace back Joshua. In other words, they, tra- they could trace their genealogy back to this, this statement we're about to read. That's powerful. In other words, he stood up and said, as far as me and my household is concerned, I don't know about you guys, but we're going to serve God. Despite the problem, despite the situation, despite what's going on, matter of fact, it doesn't look like everything's going on, but as far as me and my household, we will serve God. That is just being bold, knowing that somehow, and as future goes by, it's not a tombstone that you're leaving with, he was a good guy and paid his bill, but there's a genealogy that people remember you because you stood up for something bigger than yourself. That's what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, like what we're doing here, if you notice, we use a lot of the young people because we believe in them. We believe that's the next generation. And we believe if we pour into them, way after we pass away, this will continue. That's leaving a legacy. So look what, look what Joshua's this bold statement is. And he's telling the people, he's just standing there in front of millions. He don't care who's listening. He says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose. Everybody say choose. Today whom you will serve. He says, would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Ephrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whom land you now live? But as far as me and my family, we will serve God. And this is so, so in my heart, this message that I want to bring out, because it is, it is the perspective of how you see things that, that if they don't change, nothing's going to change. See, many times when we, when we come to church and we have the young people coming up, we have to leave a legacy. I remember I went to a cornfield, and, and the cornfield was just, it's just a bunch of, we got lost. I couldn't figure it out. But I just started thinking this morning that, you know what, life is like a cornfield. I don't know if you're the first one that God has picked up to be raised up to stand up for God. But the first one that always starts is the hardest because they have to cut down all these cornfields. But what you're doing as you're walking and cutting the cornfield, you're leaving a path for those that are coming behind you. And long after you're gone, that path that you create is going to leave a generation after generation and after generation. Joshua left a, a generational blessing that today they're still walking through that cornfield. Because one man stood up and said, as far as me and my household is concerned, we will serve God. Choose. Tell your neighbor, choose. It's about choices. You can't say, oh, God, this is all. What are your choices? Look back at the choices you made. You're a blessing. Your ground is fertile. So whatever you put, whether from the flesh or from the spirit, is going to bring back and grow. Why? Because you're fertile. (laughs) So Easter's not about the bunny, about the eggs, right? We got that right? I just want to get that straight. And about Macy's, you know, colorful shirts and all that, which is cool. It's cool. But it's, it's a bigger picture. It, 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 it's way much more. Matter of fact, this is the, like the beginning of the year. This is the number one festival, the biggest festival celebrated for the Jews. And we get to celebrate this every week because Passover is every Sunday, every day when we walk. We don't need to go to church to get the access to God. We have access every day, all day, every minute. That's right. When you're in the bathroom, he's there. I'm just saying, he's invading your privacy. He's not going to get a a slip to sign. Could I go in there with you? He's in there with you, like it or not. I'm just saying. My best conversations are in the bathroom. (laughs) Hey, like when you're in the shower, right? You're speaking in tongues and doing your thing, right? Just me and God, like, you know, this is my moment. And so last week I was talking about choices about empire. How many have been watching empire? 
I, I'm not into shows. I'm not co-signing it, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> because it, was, it, it reminds me of growing up in the, you know, in the urban area and kind of making it from the bottom to the top. And, um, and I was saying last week, uh, it was one scene, the final scene, and it was, I believe it was Malcolm. Okay. <laughs> Got it right. I'm on a roll today. I'm on fire. So Malcolm uh, was a security, and everybody know Cookie? Does everybody know Cookie? Yeah. And Cookie Monster. She, she is a monster, though. And um, he, he kind of like fell for her, right? And, um, and, and at one scene, he told her, listen, I'm willing to lay down my life for, every, for all this to, to bring you into a new beginning. I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to lay down my life for your future. And he looked at her, and this is what she said to him. No thanks. No thanks. And many times we, we have someone that laid down their life for us, and we have to just make the right choices in life. And she could, have, she could have been taken out, but sometimes you're so comfortable in your area that you'd rather stay in that than rather to go into new beginnings because you like the familiar and don't like the unfamiliar. You don't know what's on that side, so I'd rather stay where I'm at, but then you stay there and complain. So you can't stay where you're at and do nothing about it and complain because you're complaining about something that you've been given the, the liberty to choose differently. You've been given the right, you know what? Perhaps this God thing is not for me. I don't, I don't know. Like I, ever, ever since I started serving God, well, everything went bonkers. Perhaps there's something in that. Perhaps you're stirring up something. Perhaps you're, you're actually walking out of your comfort zone to go into your destiny because your destiny never comes with comfort. That was a good one. I had to pat. That was a nice nugget. Grab it and run. <laughs> destiny doesn't come. Destiny doesn't come with comfort. Think of it. Everybody who did anything that accomplished something had to do it out of the box, into the unknown. God wanted to live, deliver His people to the unknown. They had to come out of their comfort zone in Egypt. But though they left there, they were complaining and said. At one point, they said this. You should have left us in Egypt to die. <laughs> they saw the water open up. They saw all this. And because they were not in a comfortable place, they like, well, you know what? I would, have, I would have rather died there than to come up here and, and, and just have manna every day just because it was in a buffet. Complaining. Because when you come out of your comfort zone, think of this. Things are going to change. But they always change for the better. If God for you, who? So I'm going to go into the five choices that, that, that could alter. Think of it. That was a strong word. Alter your future. And I'm going to go to the first one. The first one is this. Choose to believe God. Now, it's so simple said. It's so simple said. But it's so profound because it's a choice. Like the Israelites will say, hey, we're going to get you out of here. We're going to bring you into the promised land. They were happy about that. But they didn't want to go through the process. And in the process, they lost faith. The biggest, the biggest hindrance now with Jesus Christ coming, the biggest hindrance that there is between you and God is unbelief. If God told you something, and if God gave you something, and you know it deep inside, and you believe that, guess what? Fight for it. The Israelites wasn't giving the promised land. Everybody knows this. Or if you don't, not everybody. But they will promise the promised land, but there was people there. There was people there. So guess what? They had to do what? They had to fight for what was theirs. Why was it theirs? Because God gave it to you. 
And if God gives it to you, there's a moment when you stand up and you fight for what's yours. Like when I, I say people are crying, oh, I want healing. Why would you cry about healing? The Bible says at the cross we have healing. You've been healed. So I'm not going to cry about it. I'm going to fight about it. How's that? Because so, I'm believing what it says is by his stripes you were healed. Past tense, right? So why would you go, oh, Lord, why you don't? I'm going to fight for mine. Healing doesn't belong in this body, and it needs to get out of here. That's the attitude. It's believing God. I'm going to bring a verse. It says in Hebrews 11, 1. This is the Message Bible. This is the Message Bible. Okay, so I'm going to just read it anyway. <laughs> the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguishes our ancestors and set them above the crowd. It's this faith to, to say, hey, George, you see that building right there? Go, get, go in there and take that building. But I'm broke, but go get the building. And it's like telling your people around you, we're going to go in that building, we're going to take over, and we're going to reconstruct, and God's going to do something crazy. And they're looking at you like, whoa. Faith in the unseen. Why? Because God says it. So when God tells you to do something, you move not based on what you're feeling, but knowing if God said it, then there it is. Hmm. So here is the story. They, they, God tells them, I'm going to take you into a new territory. They, he gets 12 spies. These spies got to go in the place. Now watch this. This is crazy. Because if God said it, right, why, why are we going to send spies? So they was like, okay, let's send 12 people in there. Let's check out the situation. Let's see if we're bigger than them. Let's see if we got more weapons. Let's check it out. If in the natural, we can take over this land. It's really what they were doing. It was an act of unbelief to go to a place that God said is yours. So he sends 12, and they go in there, and they look, and when they looked at the guys, you know, in Spanish, exagerado, it means exaggerated, right? The guy probably was like eight foot, they was like, they were, man, they were like 12 feet high, man, we can't go in there, we can't, and 10 of them saw it this way, 10 of them, but there was two called Joshua and Caleb, these two went in there and said, man, ooh, let's do this, let's do this, Right? And when they came back, the people rather believed the 10 than the 2. They rather believe what the 10 said rather than what God said. And guess what? Everyone died in the desert, never seeing the promises of God because they wouldn't come out of their comfort zone. Because they chose to go in undoubt and, and, undoubt? Yeah. and not believe what God had said. So they didn't. But Joshua and Caleb believed, right? And there were the two that spearheaded the victory for Israel. And you know what Joshua and Caleb means in Hebrew? Joshua means Messiah and Caleb means faith. It's only by faith in the Messiah that you'll always take the promises of God. So these two, they go in there and they take over. And we just read the verse that I said. He said he had to keep reminding them. Dude, I don't know about you. LM, I don't know about you. But as far as me, search, Ellie and Sulma, we're going to serve God. So you do what you want to do. And he will always remind them of the promises of God that we're standing, though we don't see. Sometimes we veer to the left and we, we start our, our zeal for God because we don't see what, what God is doing in our life. But he's doing something. Tell your neighbor, he's doing something. Choose. Everybody say choose. choose. You choose to believe God. 
above your circumstances, above what you see. Because if God is for you, he's going to make your path right. He's going to send an angel before you to set things right. You got to believe and understand that he's not sitting up there waiting for your calamity going, well, I don't know what I'm going to do now. He already knows what he's going to do. It's your trust that activates what he's doing here in this realm so you can see the promises of God in your life. Passover is great. It's way, man, it, it is such an awesome opportunity that we have to do this, to, to actually think of it. To actually be in relationship with God, like many people think, oh, this is the church, the four walls. I always say that you're the church. Wherever you go, God goes. If you if you are not Applebee's talking about God, that's church right there. Wherever you're at your church. The reason we come here is to what? To know his will. To know his ways. To understand what is good for me. It's like going to school. You go to school long enough and become a doctor, even your friends change. How many would agree with that? So perhaps as you graduate and start getting this understanding, some of your friends are going to veer off because God is bringing you into a new place where people are going to help you get to where God wants to take you. I don't know who that's for, but take it and run. Watch this. So that's the first one. Let's go to the second one. Choose. Is it working? Okay. Choose to leave the past. Tell your neighbor, leave the past. Because God, see, many times, right, here it is, God is doing a new thing, right? The Bible says that old things are gone, new things are done. So when you accept God into your life, it's all new things. The only thing he does, he gives you a new spirit, but he doesn't give you a new mind. So you have to choose to, to leave the past to, for God to send you where he's going to send you. Because many times we could be in a position and still be lingering. Oh, this is good. Have the past still in our minds and we're trying to go somewhere. You ever been to a plane? And in a plane, you know why they take the, the luggage and they weigh it? Because if the plane is too heavy, it can never go to its destination. And sometimes you don't get to your destination because you're holding baggage from the past that you should have let it go. And then you're saying, why are you not elevating? Is because you're holding on debt to other people when God forgave you. Because you got to understand that when you, we're good at receiving forgiveness, and some even fight with that. But the re, those that fight with receiving God's love and forgiveness have this problem, forgiving others. If you can't understand the love of God and receive the fullness of the love of God, you can never extend that to the people that owe you, that done you wrong. And it, it could be, the heart is so deceitful because even, have you ever, watch this, have you ever said, oh, I forgave that person. I'm good with them. I let them go. God is good. I released it in the altar. I left it there, yo. Okay, watch this. You come across them in a mall. You see a picture. Facebook. And all that anger and all that resentment and all that just comes right back up. Did you really let it go? Because it's choosing. I remember when my, my first couple, I think, months with God, and I think I was blessed in this, that I was just seeking God so much that it came to a place that he was showing me these pictures of these people that had hurt me in the past, right? And, it was, and I was crying because I literally felt that pain of what I was going through, right? And God says, forgive them. I forgave you. Let them go. He should, he, he, let them go. He, he can't go where I'm taking you. He, he, he's living there for free. He's not paying rent. Like, let them go. And literally, literally, I mean, I believe that if you ask God that in your prayer to show you, 
Because sometimes we think it's, it's, everything's okay. But it's not. We, we have secrets in our hearts that are still there. And, and sometimes we, we try to figure out why we're stuck. And it's just because we got so much stuff inside of us. And allow God, watch this, in your prayer time, in your time in secrecy with God is show me. Show me what's in my heart. Show me how I can release these people out of my life. Because you, if God is taking you to a new place and you're bringing out that old garbage, it's not going to work. Look at this. Um, it's a verse I have here. Not really, but <laughs> I have so much material. I go in the morning, start looking for God. Like, um, the the Israelites were stuck stuck mentally in Egypt uh, to the point that the, all they knew was the, the the prior things. Like, if you know the story, Moses went up to look for God, and he was chilling. He didn't come back down for a while. You know what they did? They did a golden calf because that's all they knew how to do is worship idols. Worship idols. So choose to leave the past. The old ways are gone. The new has come. I mean, for me, it was crazy because I, I was doing witchcraft. So that's all I knew was witchcraft. Uh, and when I came to God, I had to learn all these new things. And I had to let go of all these things that, that were hindering in my life. So tell your neighbor, leave your past. The third one is choose to learn his ways. This is so powerful. Choose to learn his ways. Isaiah 55, verse 8 or 9, it says it so clearly. Because remember, everything that we learn and everything that we know is based on experience or, or based on the people that are with us that teach us this or that. But when we come to church, it's, it's more of that. It's, it's actually a renewal of the mind to see what God wants for us and how to make the right choices. Life is about choices. Look what it says. My thoughts, this is... This is the Lord saying, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. So in other words, the way you think right now is nothing like the way God thinks, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. See, our thoughts are, are, are this earthly. His are heavenly. And his, imagine someone looking down from a higher perspective, looking at the whole big picture. We can only see what's in front of us. But God is able to see the whole picture. If we're going to get counsel, we get counsel from God. If we're going to understand the reason that there were rabbis was teach the law. So I'm saying today, like, we need rabbis to teach what? Grace. The love of God and to understand the love of God because when that happens in your life, you're ruined for anything else. And the grace of God is, it sounds simple and we, can, we throw it around, but many people by their actions that they do, tell me whether they got it. <laughs> I don't want to go there. But. but the essence of us coming together, like Easter shouldn't be a day that we just come on Easter or, or Palm Sunday. It should be a lifestyle. Like, this is my lifestyle because I have decided to do something that even when after I'm gone, the legacy of what I've done will be passed on from generation to generation. And I don't want to show them my ways. I want to show him his way. So first, I got to learn his ways so I can pass it off to the next generation. So the essence of coming to church is not about just attendance. It's about learning his ways and applying them into your life and let the little ones that are behind you see what you're doing. Because way after you're gone, way after you're gone, that legacy will continue. That is an inheritance. I could leave you a million dollars and not show you how to use the million dollars. And one year you'll be broke 
but I could show you the ways of the Lord. When the million does come, you'll know what to do with it. Because money even has a purpose. The reason you have it in your pocket is for a purpose. And when you get to connect your purpose of well, your finances to the purpose of your destiny, you're ruined for anything else. To this day, to this day, Israel is this small and it's powerful. They say something, things got to be done. Why is a small place like that, it looks like a garden, so small like that be so powerful? Because they, what? They use and apply the principles of God. God is not a respecter of person. He's a respecter of principles. There's no favorites. The only favorite, when the favor starts flowing, is because you're applying what daddy says. And when you apply what daddy says, it'll be evident to people. So how do I get this? How do I learn this? This is where we go. We, we start learning his ways. His ways are not our ways. We, we got to learn this and then duplicate it to another generation. Like, like I said, way after we're gone, this, this church and everything that we're doing, is, it will be gone. But we're leaving a legacy on how to seek God, how to search for God, and how to empower people to know who God is. That's, even our model just changed, our, our, our mission statement. To, to leave, here he goes. Me think about it. Our mission statement to lead a generation into an encounter with God and his legacy. That's what we do. That's what we're here for. It's to encounter God and learn his what, his will, his his promises for us, and what? And show others. It's not about you. I'm sorry. If you look at Jesus in the cross, it wasn't about him. It was about you. And now it's not about you, it's about others. That is the mystery of Christianity. It's about pouring yourself into others. Do unto others what you want others to do unto you. Many times it's like, I just do me, boo. It's all about me. I don't, I don't need nobody. That's a, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Because that's not what Jesus showed us. The enemy wants you to think that way. Oh, everybody's against you. You stay home because if a sheep is away from the, from the, whole, the whole herd... <laughs> But think of it like even a herd the only way a fox goes after one of them is if one prays to the side so the enemy in the spiritual realm does the same thing if he can keep you home within your own thoughts within your own mindset he'll destroy you that's where depression comes because it's all about you not about anybody else I feel I feel I feel I feel I feel to get to a place where you can't even get lifted up but yet you don't need church when church is the antidote to get you out of there but the enemy will bring you to a place to think that that is not for you because the minute he takes you out of the answer, then you have a problem. I'm just, I just want to change your perspective on how you see church. It's going to revolutionize the way you see church because it, this is when you start aligning yourself with what God has for you. When he took out the people of, 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 of uh, Egypt, he says, I'm going to make them my people. I will be their God and they will be my people. It's an intimacy that God set up. Right? So our job here is to continue what? The kingdom of God to grow. To show the love of God to others. Whew. I got two more. <laughs> um, the fourth one. Are you guys getting something around this? I mean, I, I, I always say that I'm like a doctor. But not like a regular doctor. I'm an eye doctor. Because you know an eye doctor, you go in because you can't see things. And then they give you something so you can see clearly. So when you come here, well, if you look at it, what is repentance? What is repentance? Repentance is a change of mind, right? So, so that you can see things differently. When you put your glasses, <laughs> she's like this. 
And I, and I got, my eyes are all messed up now, and, and, and I got to get glasses. But if you look at it, what, what we do here is we, it's, we give you glasses so you can see clearly. Have you ever been to a 3D movie? You can't see it. Like you can't make nothing out of it until you have those glasses on, right? And it makes everything, what, clear. So when you come here, my job is to change your glasses so you can see life clear. And, in, and the more clearer it gets and the more you start understanding, the more you can share with others. That's, that's our win. Our win is that you can know who God is, his love, and share with others. You get to that place, you've won. You've won. Because by the time you leave, you would have tra transformed generations to come. Because think of it. If, if you, someone shared the gospel with me, and from me went to my son to Phil, and it kept growing and growing. And look at now. Like, and it's going to continue just one person sharing the gospel. So it doesn't mean that because you don't have a mic, you can't share the gospel or share or be a generational changer. Just, just pour into others, man. And you can never point to others if you still think that someone owes you something. If it's all about you, it's about me, and that's it. That's the wrong attitude. And nothing's going to change around until you start changing that attitude in your heart. Amen? Uh, choose to serve. Live intentionally for God. Live intentionally for God, not about, oh, I'm at church. Live intentionally for God. Like, the reason you're being intentional about learning about God is that when you come to, to church, we are the church, but what we come here is to get instructions to get us to a different level. Like, there's so many promises in the Bible. I want to have them in my life. How do I start changing this so that this could start applying into my life? It should be that you are so prosperous that people in your job, wherever you are, you're, dude, what God are you serving? Because I want to serve that God. Because blessings is a byproduct of God, but it also shows that it's the favor of God in your life. And then they're going to be like, hey, what do you do? I want to duplicate everything you do, how many times you pray, I want what's in your life. That it should be it. It should be an invite just by the byproduct of your life. So living intentionally is like, I'm going to learn who God is. Tell your neighbor, learn about God. Think of it. Someone, you know how many people died for this book not to be here that we can share? Hold it. You know that in China, you can't even have this? Go to China with this in your, in your suitcase. By the time you get there, they, I don't know what they do, but you can't have it. I don't think they will you, but I don't, I don't know. But. So, so why, why, why is so much commotion on this? Yet many of us have it in the back seat, just thrown. What, what is the power that's in here? We do actually open it up and read it and actually apply it to our life. What happens in the spiritual realm? Why would so much commotion be around such truth? If it wasn't meant for a purpose. So living intentionally is like, I'm going I'm to learn some of this. I, I don't know about you, but I'm not good with books. The only book I'm good at is with the Bible. I'm not good with books. I like to just sit and I'm visual. Like, show me. And, but this is the only book that I can read. And every time I read it, it just lifts me up and gives me life. So live intentional. And I'm going to round it up with this last, the last, the fifth one. If the worship team could. This fifth one is choose to leave a legacy. And, and all of these is about what you can do. It's, it's your responsibility. You can't complain about something you do nothing about. You can't complain about God did his at the cross. Jesus did his at the cross. His blood set us free. Okay, so there's a freedom. Now it's time for us to choose. And this is the, the fifth one. I want to go to Proverbs 13, 22. Because this, if you're a parent, this will come home. If you're a son, you want to listen to your parents if they're teaching you godly advice. And if not, 
then it's your responsibility to learn. At 13, you're responsible in the Jewish culture. At 13, you're a man. At 13, you should be able to recite scripture. You should be able to defend your faith. You should be able to stand for what you believe in. Especially in this time that you go and they, and they have all these uh, different things when you go to college. 90% of kids that go to college lose their faith in college. Because they bring up all these things with evolution. So if you're not standing strong in what you believe in, then you're going to just sway and just deal with life on life's term. Not with God with you. Bringing you up until you learn. Like, man, I can't do this by myself. I need God. Let's go to the last verse. Proverbs 13, 22. Look at this. This is, if you're a parent, you want to read this and kind of recite this over and over in your life. Look what it says here. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance, right? Look at what the inheritance, because many times we, we connect inheritance with money, and that's cool. But look what it says, of moral stability and goodness. That's, that's, as, that's what I want to leave behind. It says, to his children's children. In other words, you would affect another generation, two generations. And look what it says, and the wealth of the sinner finds its way eventually. <laughs> In other words, you follow the moral stability and the goodness. The money is a byproduct. And many times we think the inheritance is the money, and then the byproduct is that. No, he's saying, you know what? You get the moral stability, and stability means that you are moved, not moved by what anything that happens in your life you're stable and goodness and it says to to his children's children and the wealth of the sinner finds his way eventually into the hands of the righteous for whom it was laid up for the riches of this world is laid up for you tell your neighbor it's for you so choose right we have the freedom this week is about choosing you choose and one and I, I, I believe it was in um, it's in the Bible. It says the choice of life and death is before you. You choose. Everything about life is choosing. It's about choosing the right and choosing the wrong. But how do we choose? Many times we're choosing based on what we know, not what God wants us to know. I want everybody to stand up. Perhaps, like, many times we don't really understand or come to an understanding of the Passover, but it simply means freedom to choose for new beginnings. The freedom was done by the blood. The choosing is done by us, and the birth is new beginnings. So today... If you've never really heard this message before and and perhaps you're in a place that maybe there's certain things in your heart that you just need God to kind of start removing out of your heart. Perhaps you just made the wrong choices all along and today is a moment of new beginnings. The great thing with God is he's always into new beginnings. Tomorrow is new beginning. Tomorrow could be your new beginning by choosing what's right, by making the right choices. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, five seven. It says, "Christ, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed for us. 
So perhaps today you're in a place that you need God in your life like never before. Perhaps you never accepted Jesus into your life. I want to make a special prayer for you and And now my dead is dead. It is made in by the precious blood that my Jesus. If today is the place in your heart that you need freedom from, if, if there's a situation in your life that perhaps there's no way out. There is a way out through Jesus Christ. When John saw Jesus Christ, he says, here's the Lamb of God. And many didn't understand what they were saying about the Lamb of God. And it was talking about the blood. That there will be a freedom. A freedom to serve God. A freedom that we have the ability to choose to serve God. We, we have this ability to choose God. And when Jesus Christ came, they were like, this is the one that's going to bring us into a place that we can never leave. Because they will only go into the holiest of the holiest once a year. But we, he says, we're going to have access to God every day. Freedom. When Jesus Christ came, he was pronouncing freedom. So that you can choose and be free into everything God has for you.